Highly Enthused, a shortcut to things worth consuming, presented by two women named Sophie who spend too long on the internet. I'm Sophie Roberts. And I'm Sophie McComas. And we are live. Welcome back to Highly Enthused, Sophie Roberts. Hello, Sophie McComas. How are you? Very well, very well, very well. (laughs) She says with a manic, a manic desperation. (laughs) No, I am good. I am in the final throes of just sprinting towards a holiday, which is really exciting. First overseas trip in two and a bit years, which is great. Yeah, I I really tried not to be one of those people that was like, oh, my God, I can't believe we're not traveling, la, 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 because, like, obviously it's a massive privilege to be able to travel overseas, you know, nearly every year for the past however many years and I feel like we definitely took that for granted mm. so I'm just feeling extremely lucky and glad to be able to go to Europe we are going to France and to Spain heavenly it'll be warm it just got so cold here because we do love to talk about the weather so you're going to be so warm and tanned and full of cheese it's so hot. I think it's like 37 degrees or something shit. insane. Oh, so my God. I'm slightly worried about that. But, yeah, I'm I'm just going to soak it all in. Soak it all in. All the hamon and all the cheese. Think of that plane trip as like the last hurdle, like the last piece of like torture to get through and then heaven. That's true. I shouldn't think of it as like the start of the trip. It's more like the end of the before the trip. Part. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> it's like the last assignment you have to hand in when you haven't slept for six days in the last week of uni, you know, like it's the thing. It's the last brutal essay. Then the holiday begins. How are you? What's up? Look, I feel like I'm at the same point emotionally, except with my move. Um, I literally dreamt about packing on Sunday night, Uh, like woke up and felt like I'd spent the whole night packing (laughs) after spending the the whole weekend packing. I've inhaled so much dust, you know, but like the light is at the end of the tunnel. I was always good with the deadline. I loved to work right up to the last moment. It has to get done. Um, So it's going to get done. Because it ha- it has to, you know, like there's no other option. And so I'm trying not to like, I won't talk about it too much because then after that, immediately after moving, I have to focus on the next thing on my list, which is being able to run five kilometers because I have, for some godforsaken reason, signed up to do a five kilometer run in about five weeks from now. It'll be way closer by the time this airs. The reason is actually because my boyfriend Andrew is running a marathon on the Gold Coast and there's a 5k run the day before the marathon. So he's like, you should do it. I was like, yeah, that sounds fun. No, it was so cold today and I had to go out for a run anyway and I hated it. So I don't know why I've decided to do this to myself. Apparently I'm in love and doing foolish, foolish things, but it's not as fun as when you were 20 and you'd do a foolish thing and you'd like get drunk and get a tattoo. Now I'm like going for a run. It's very boring. Did he bribe you with like, it's the Gold Coast. We can have a little holiday. It'll be fun. Let's plan it around the run. It's not about the run. It's about the holiday. And you're like, it's the fucking run, mate. No, he was more just like, I'm. will you come up to like cheer me on? I was like, obviously, you know, I'm a nice person. He's like, you know, they do a 5K like the day before if you wanted to. And I was like, oh, I don't know. And then I was like, maybe I should set myself a goal and then immediately regretted it. But it was too late. You can smash 5K. You've been doing the Couch to 5K app for like a good few years now. (laughs) Yeah, do it in cycles (laughs) and then stop and then have to build back up to it. So I'm in the building phase. I'm getting there. Before we dive into the rest of our recommendations, though, which I will, 
in a minute, I do want to remind you all of our amazing newsletter. You can sign up to that at highlyenthused.substack.com. You can sign up for free if you haven't already. I would be shocked and appalled if you haven't already signed up for the free one. Um, But if you love us and you love us as much as one coffee a month, you can also sign up to be a paid subscriber and then you get an extra newsletter Every month, there's often essays or writing about particular themes. There's lots of recommendations. There's all sorts of good stuff in there. And if you sign up now, you also get access to the whole archive of newsletters. So it's really a lot of bang for your buck. All right. What are we eating this week? Oh, I made such a delicious dinner this week. I'm really excited to talk about it. So I made Hainanese chicken rice which is such a comforting, soothing Chinese dish to eat. I used to get it when I worked in the city from this like subterranean food court (laughs) um, that only sold chicken rice in the city and it was so good and I got totally addicted to it. And my business partner and friend Nikki makes it all the time. She, Her dad is Chinese and she is an incredible um, cook and loves to make this. And I've eaten hers and it's so yum and I've just been putting off trying it for myself and it was pretty simple. Like if you have a couple of hours, not even, if you have like probably one and a half hours, you can make this. Mm. I used Melissa Leong's recipe who, before she was the Melissa Leong from MasterChef, which is (laughs) incredible, she had a little blog called Fooderati. Oh, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it's still like live and stuff and she has a bunch of recipes on there. She obviously didn't invent this dish but, you know, her approach to this recipe was really easy to follow and delicious. So you rub a whole chicken with salt, sesame oil and a little white pepper. You smash some ginger and garlic cloves and a spring onion up its up the chicken, up its bum, <laughs> cover it with water in a big pot. And then poach it for a good like steady rolling boil for about 40 minutes. So it just kind of bobs away in its own juices and like creates this beautiful fragrant stock that just fills your house with ginger and garlic and onion. It's so yum. So then you turn the heat off and let the chicken poach in this kind of garlicky gingery broth for about another 30 minutes after that. You remove the chicken, you rest it in a cold water bath, which apparently is like an essential step because it Mm. makes it all juicy and like jelly-like on the skin. The skin is half the joy of Hainanese chicken rice. Like it's this silky, really soft skin. It's really delicious. You reduce the broth down heaps, like you reduce it by about a third. And while you're doing that, you make this kind of like herby relish sauce of coriander garlic and ginger and spring onions again there's a lot of spring onions in this dish (laughs) you just saute it all together with a bit of salt and sesame oil and so it's like the the greens are slightly wilted but there's no color on it put that to the side so once that stock has reduced you use that to cook your rice so cook it in a rice cooker on the stovetop it's all like chickeny and brothy You serve the chicken cut up, like cut into pieces, drizzle it with some soy, put the coriander relish on top, serve a cup of the rice and a cup of the broth on the side and some like sliced cucumber and some fresh coriander. Oh my God, it's just so good. And it made so much, like I have so many leftovers. 
I've never even tried Hainanese chicken rice before for some reason. It's just like been one of those things I've meant to try and like never done it. So it sounds, I mean, it doesn't sound like you're doing a lot of active time. Like it sounds like it takes duration, but like you're not like sauteing and chopping for hours and hours. You're just kind of like putting things on the stove and walking away. Yeah, which is the best kind of recipe. Yeah, it's really it's really good and it really, I don't know why I waited so long to make it because it, um, it's one of my favourite things. Well, now you can have it every weekend. Exactly, exactly. What have you been eating? Well, I've been in a real uh, clean out the entire fridge uh, kind of cooking spree. So it's been, it's been real, some real interesting dishes have come out of my uh, kitchen because mm. I've been also trying to like cook down, like use as many of the like last dregs of spices and the like last cans of things and all of that. So it's been <laughs> some real creative cooking. Um, but this week, one of the best things I made was this Catalan chickpea and spinach dish. Mm. Um, it's pretty basic. It's like a, it's like a quick braise. Um, it's, a great way to use my favorite legume chickpeas as it has been a while I think since I forced everyone to listen to a chickpea recipe it's not only enthused a chickpea recipe or seven um so this was one of those recipes where like I, you probably do the same thing I actually very rarely start with like I know I want to cook this and then shop I sort of I did instead like an inventory of what I had in my fridge and my pantry and then I was like I'm kind of feeling something like more European-y, Spanish-y and so I was Googling like chickpeas and spinach, chickpeas and like Spanish chickpeas like just like till I found a kind of general guide that I could use. Um, So I found this one in a food blog called Gimme Some Oven. I have no idea about the rest of their recipes, but this one was work. This one was good. And then I kind of riffed on it based on what I had. Uh, It's very, very simple. You just cook down some sliced onions um, until they turn really soft. And then you add in some sliced garlic, paprika, and cumin. You just want the onions to kind of lose their structure, but you don't need them to like caramelize and turn brown. You just don't want them to be like stiff anymore, if that makes sense. Like they've given up all the water. Yeah. So then add paprika and cumin along with the garlic Um, and then once those have bloomed a little bit and the garlic starting to smell good I also added in like a big dollop of tomato paste just to make it like a little sweeter and saucier Uh, and because I had it in the fridge to use up I also threw in some minced rosemary because I had a sprig floating around (laughs) from a forage in a street rosemary bush and I also instead of just using olive oil I added a bit of butter in which I think was actually very keto at tasting delicious so Mm. definitely throw some butter in. I hope you can sense a theme that I literally just added things I found (laughs) in the fridge as I went through. So once that's all kind of looking sweet and cooked down and good uh, you just take spinach that you've thoroughly washed and throw it into the pan while it's still wet so it gets all steamy and then you just put the lid on a, the big frying pan let it steam till the the spinach is wilted throw in the drained chickpeas throw in some raisins I soaked the raisins in some warm water and sherry vinegar just to get them plumping up a little bit because I have no idea how old they were but they were very dried <laughs> They were almost mummified, but still fine. And then you put the lid back on, let it all kind of like meld together. I'm literally talking the amount of time you leave the lid on is like five minutes. It's really not long at all. Season with salt and pepper and then top with some toasted pine nuts. It's delicious. I drizzled on some more sherry vinegar at the end just to give it a little bit of kick and a bit of zip. Um, You could use lemon, but it was delicious. It tasted like Spain. It was obviously inspired by your upcoming holiday. 
Yum. I have chickpeas and spinach in the fridge and um, pine nuts. I'm totally going to make this. It was delicious. And you could, I mean, you could definitely serve it on the side of like lamb chops or like some chorizo mm. sausages or something, but it was also really good just like whipping it up for one. And I had it with some rice the next day as leftovers and it was great. Yum. How delicious. Love a chickpea. It's been too long. Too, too long. What have you read or watched or listened to this week? I have an epic podcast. It's such a good oh, concept. Yeah, you and do. I know you've listened to this as well. It's so good. It's called Normal Gossip. That's so good. It's the best podcast I've ever listened to, <laughs> including this one, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> Look, it got me through some dark times during packing on the weekend, so I'm very loyal now. <laughs> Uh, I don't know if I'd go that far, but it's really good. So <laughs> it's by a culture publisher out of the States called Defector. And essentially they've dug up the most deliciously shallow, like low stakes, salacious, gossipy stories, like the ones that happen to a friend of friend and they retell the stories in deep, deep detail. And I think what makes it so good is that like it's not political or like tied to anything current or topical. It's just these like random stories that happen to people that you don't know that are just like yeah like pretty low stakes like nothing that bad really happens to anyone it's just like wild tales of like escapades that that, that people go on so they get submitted by readers or listeners and I think they just use a bunch of their friends stories that they've heard around the traps another great element is that there's a different guest on every episode and they kind of commentate over the story they're like Mm. what would you do in this instance and they they talk about it or like what's going to happen next or like what would you do um and that makes it really funny and they some people have really funny reactions to stuff that's going on there's some really crazy stories about like sorority overseas travel trips that go awry like crazy family stuff like involving theft the one i just listened to today was about a a magician troupe um (laughs) oh yeah that one's good wild stories about that and it's just like sitting at a table and overhearing someone tell a crazy story on the next table over that you just can't stop listening to it makes you laugh it's silly it's not like political or anything related to anything it's just small time drama and it's really unapologetic like it's just is what it is like it's not trying to be anything smart or like important it's just really fun I loved it it is so good I was like cackling listening to some of them like I think as well the you're right the fact that they're the host is telling the story to a guest every week is such a good format because you feel like you're getting told the story and um it's just they're so good there's so many scammers and you also just get to get really in your head like really judgmental about other people's choices which is really fun (laughs) Yeah, and they are really judgmental. They're like, what the hell? Like they really they really talk about these people. Like they're kind of judgy, but that makes it kind of funny because. Completely oh, judgy. Yeah. <laughs> and I think she kind of like owns the, owns gossip, you know. She's not like shying away from it like, oh, gossiping's a sin or whatever. She's just like, you know what? I fucking love gossip and this is a crazy story and I'm going to tell you about it and it is wild. I love that approach. Yeah, it was it was. I found it right at my time in need and put it on for the listen to the entire two seat like 
entire first season and all of the episodes that have been released of the second season in the space of two days. It was exactly the right level of attention required. It's very good. It's Normal Gossip Podcast. What about you? What have you been reading, watching or listening to? Okay, well, look, it's another week at Highly Enthused and it's another brilliant book written by a Highly Enthused listener. I mean, what can oh, I say? So Our listeners are brilliant and geniuses and amazing writers. we They all have excellent taste as well. So this is A Great Hope by Jessica Stanley. So Jess is an Australian writer who lives in London with her husband and her three kids. Um, but before living in London, she lived in Canberra and Melbourne. Um, she's also the author as well of a newsletter called Read, Look, Think. It's like one of the original newsletters. I've been subscribed to it for years. It's a great newsletter if you haven't um, signed up for it. But this is her first novel came out in February this year. She has somehow masterfully combined a murder mystery with Australian politics with a multi-generational family saga, (laughs) which is a book I didn't know I needed, (laughs) but I'm so glad it exists. So she's set it across the space of two Australian elections, Kevin Rudd's in 2007 and then Julia Gillard's in 2010. But its central character is a man named John Clare, who is murdered or dies, you're not quite sure which, in the very opening scenes of the book. Um, and he is a like a head of a big important trade union and also a key supporter and organiser for Kevin Rudd's campaign in 2007. And there's a lot of like will he run himself, won't he, like lots of speculation. He's kind of like the wonder kid um, and everyone thinks he should run for politics himself. But the, funnily enough, even though uh, he's kind of like the central person around which this whole book sort of spins, the real stars of the story are the three women in his life so his long-suffering wife his kind of wild daughter or reformed wild daughter and his mistress so you can already tell it's juicy and it is exactly that it's just like a juicy book like it's really wonderfully textured and even though Jess lives in the UK you can really tell she like loves Australia and still knows it really intimately like it feels it doesn't feel like someone trying to pretend to write about Australia like Mm. she's writing about a time and a place she knows really well I think she actually worked at a trade union Mm. when she was in her 20s so she kind of knows that world really well and their inability to use computers anyway I just like loved reading such an like a great story that also happened to have like Australia's political history as the backdrop because so often it's like American or English like I know way too much random American or UK history because of all of the books I've read growing up. But, like, I sincerely doubt there are many Brits or Americans who know anything about Australian history at all in Australian politics. Yeah, you're Um, right. So I loved that it was given that, like, literary treatment that I think it deserves. Yeah, I loved this book as well. I also read it. Um, on our break and I found the ending just so satisfying I was like oh, oh, truly all the ends are tied up you know like maybe because I read so much memoir and I'm like hmm, what happens I don't know they're still alive like there's no ending <laughs> this is like oh in fiction it all gets resolved half the time like that's so satisfying <laughs> like I just I got to the end and I was like yes that was an excellent ending. It was really good. Yeah. And I feel like the mystery kind of like pulls you through the story. Like you definitely want to know what happens at the end, but I realized that like 
I would have wanted to like gobble it up really quickly, even without there being a, a mystery to solve. So yeah, it was it was really it's got some really good reviews. It's been out for a few months. Um, I think if you're based overseas, you can order it from Reading's Books and they deliver. Um, but otherwise, you can just pick it up wherever you get good books. If you're not from Australia, it's your chance to learn all about Australian politics, which is you know how can you pass that up? Mm. Rooting, rooting giants. <laughs> I mean, it can be, but uh, that is a great hope by Jessica Stanley. It's about far more than politics. It's just, it's a really fantastic, fantastic book. And I hope you all check it out. Agree, agree. Okay, buying or doing or buying or doing, which one this week? Okay, this was one of my favourite buys of last year. It is such a cute solution to that universal problem of where the hell you store your toothbrush in a mouldy old cup by the sink. Mm. Where do you store your toothbrush? Yeah, that's my method. Yeah, it's a mouldy old cup, but it's in the medicine cabinet, you know. Oh, okay, okay, okay. (laughs) This item is by a New Zealand company called Clean, 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 (laughs) which is really great name. Up my alley kind of uh, company. And it's called a toothbrush shelf and it's a small like powder coated aluminium shelf, which is just like a flat, yeah, shelves are flat. (laughs) Um, It has three slots cut into it that you hang your toothbrushes from or like your toothpaste or whatever. And then you can prop your toothpaste on top of it. It came with like really heavy duty double-sided tape or you can drill it into wall or into your tiles it comes in really nice colors like orangey red or sage green I just got like pure white but it's so good I love it I, I love it so much I look at it every night when I brush my teeth I'm like that was a really good purchase <laughs> <laughs> and it also brings stuff off the bench which I think is so great like you don't have all this stuff like sitting on your bambi bench we have like the worst shelving ever in our bathroom so it's just a really good solution and she also does a shower shelf which I'm gonna get next I actually emailed her and I was like can you please do a solution to the shower caddy because I fucking hate my shit Ikea shower caddy and I can't find anything out there and she's done it not in response to me I don't think just on her own accord I mean, maybe it was. Maybe you were the last little push that she needed. Yeah, maybe. But, um, yeah, if you're looking for something to just make your bathroom experience that little bit neater, it's a toothbrush shelf from the company Clean, Clean, Clean because that's all I do, clean, clean, clean. (laughs) You can come clean, clean, clean my apartment if you want to. I would love you forever. I was just telling Sophie that I cleaned my washing machine on the weekend which is like such a boring thing but really satisfying anyway what did you buy or do so from it what i am recommending is a makeup product Mm. for fun because i basically had the same makeup for years and then recently i got a whole bunch of new stuff so you guys are probably going to get these little like recommendations over the course of the rest of the season so this is another recommendation i found via my sister claire of the blush that i recommended last episode This is the Backstage Foundation by Christian Dior. So I am still loyal to my favorite tinted moisturizer by Shantakai, which I think I mentioned way back in like season one. I still rebuy that like every year. But I realized I didn't really have anything that had like a bit more coverage that was still lightweight. You know, events are coming back. There's, you know 
things to do at night for the first time in ages. So I was looking for something to give me like a little bit more oomph and polish. So this is from the the range is called Backstage. It's Dior's Backstage line and it's apparently their younger, cooler and trendier line and it's also less expensive than the main Dior makeup range. Um, So the foundation's around $73 and apparently it's a face and body foundation. Mm. I don't really know what that means compared to a normal face foundation, which I assume you could also. Someone at my school used to put foundation on her legs, like on her, on her shins. <laughs> I haven't tested this product on my shins. Um, I have like taken it onto my neck. I did read about people like taking it onto their like decolletage, I guess, which makes sense. But like, I know I do like it though. And uh, you know, if you've used it on your body, report back, let us know. The formula is still, it's not like heavy. Like I'm just, I think I've got too much PTSD from ballet Estedfords growing up. Like I'm never going to want a really thick, cakey, mm. heavy matte foundation because no it just, <laughs> just like my skin hates it and can't breathe. So this is still pretty lightweight. What's it ages you like if you, if you cake your skin yeah. like that? I mean, look, and I'm also very privileged. Like I don't have lots of, you know, acne scars or, or acne. So I don't really feel like as I have lots that I, that I might be self-conscious about, but, um, this is still pretty lightweight and sheer in that kind of your skin but better style. Uh, but it sort of what's really great about it is you can layer it up. So if you just do like one light layer with your fingers, it just like spreads pretty thinly, gives you just kind of like a slight of diffuse, <laughs> kind of like blur some of your imperfections. But what I like to do is kind of like let that first layer settle in a little bit, kind of like press it into my skin and then go back and do a second layer in areas like under my eyes or like I've got some old pimple scars on my chin and jawline and like go over those and kind of let it set. But you can layer up more. Like I was reading, if you want to go more medium or full coverage, you just get a like a beauty blender or, a, or a, a foundation brush and just kind of like do a couple of layers and kind of really cover up the areas that you want. So it kind of lets you do sort of flexible, which is nice. The mm-hmm. other good thing about someone like Dior is they actually have a pretty decent color range. Like they've got 40 shades, which is pretty diverse, which is good. Yeah. It's definitely, I do get frustrated because they're like 40 shades and then you're like, hmm, 30 of them are kind of up to beige, you know, <laughs> like it, it's a lot more weighted towards those paler shades, not as much variety in the darker shade, but better than companies that don't have any darker shades. Um, but yeah, you can just pick it up at Sephora or at a department store like Meyer or David Jones. Like I said, it's about $73. You don't use much at all. The bottle's like really lightweight, so you can just throw it in your makeup bag to take with you. It's pretty good. I'm really enjoying it. And, you know, chuck it on your shins if you feel like you need a little touch-up for putting in those stilettos. I mean, maybe I'll just foundation my whole body like a seal and just like shimmery. <laughs> She's all one color, <laughs> all the way, all the way up and down. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And now it's time for the fast five. Fast five. Oh my god, I'm going yeah, first. Go. I'm here with wine that is under thirty dollars at drinks.com. What? Far out. I know. This will make it that cheap. Yeah. <laughs> I really love this wine. It's called. I don't know if it's Nam or Nam. 
I'm going to say Nam, like Vietnam. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but it could be Nam. Okay. <laughs> N-A-M. It's by a winemaker called Sally Rainbows who used to pour the wine at Don Pepino's in Sydney. R.I.P. I know. Sad, sad, sad times now that restaurant is closed. So it's grown in Canoundra in the central ranges of New South Wales. It's actually an organic Shiraz. I am not a Shiraz mm. gal. Um, I drank way too much of it of my dad's Shiraz when I was um, 18 and over. (laughs) (laughs) This is in a rosé style and it's just really easy drinking. It's a juicy and fresh pink wine. It's not too intense. It's just delicious. It's a really fun wine to keep in your fridge when you just want to crack a bottle but you don't want anything crazy like intense or expensive or fancy or even, you know, that particularly interesting. You just want something yum. (laughs) this wine is for you it's so yum he makes a whole bunch of wine i really like this one you can get it at drinks.com or at pnv it's called nam nam by sally rainbows my number two is a lipstick recommendation and i have to thank my sister thanks for the sisters for uh really uh propping us up in the makeup stakes on highly enthused enthused, run by sisters (laughs) (laughs) Yep. Uh, She clocked me onto this. It's the lipstick that broke the internet on TikTok. It was a massive trend there. It's a 90s revival product actually from Clinique called Black Honey Almost Lipstick. It's kind of like a tinted balm that's very buildable. It looks very intense and scarily dark in the tube. Like when you click on that link, you'd be like, oh my God, this is going to make me have like purple lips, but it's Real goth not. Vibes. It goes on <laughs> so light and buildable. And it's a really nice winter shade that looks good and slightly different on everyone. People in the who, who I've spoken to who actually wore this in the 90s can't believe it's back, but why did it ever leave? This one I have to say. It's, it's really pretty. It's called Clinique Black Honey and you can get it from Mecca or everywhere because Clinique is stocked literally everywhere. The next one is a new way to eat Brussels sprouts. <laughs> you heard it here first. <laughs> it's a really random tip and I know everyone loves a roasted Brussels sprout. They're delicious. But Sophie, have you ever shaved them super thinly like cabbage? I actually have done this once, yes. Well, of course you have. (laughs) I'm sorry, I have. (laughs) It's because we're very in sync. Okay, it's just so delicious and just a little something extra if you don't really feel like buying whole cabbages or even half cabbages because they're just so big. Like I always find I just have massive amounts of cabbage whenever I buy it. Just buy little cute little Brussels sprouts and they won't take up much room. So just get yourself a mandolin, shave it all really, really, really thinly. If you don't have a mandolin, just use a knife. It's all fine. Toss the shavings in olive oil, a little vinegar. If you have some of that delicious Benito vinegar, definitely Mm. use that. And a little Kewpie mayo if you like, like a creamy kind of slaw. Add some toasted sesame seeds and yum, you have salad, my friends. That is not linked anywhere because it's just a random tip for Brussels sprouts. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, number four is a really cool new towel brand. So this is a new business by the brilliant Sydney-based photographer Rachel Cara who actually shot our wedding and is a stunning human being. It's called Frida and that's F-R-I-D-A-H 
like Frida Kahlo with an H on the end. And the concept is towels with designs that are inspired by cities. Mm. And they're really soft and luxurious and they're made in Portugal, which is renowned for its textiles. And I know this for a fact because I have lugged a massive blanket back from Portugal before in my suitcase because there were so many good ones over there. The first collection is out now, so they're released in, in limited edition collections. And it's inspired by New York, which is really cool. There's two great graphic designs or like patterns in this collection. One is spotted and the other is sort of this art deco-y geometric pattern. Hmm. Um, And then when you flip them over the color, um, you know, it's kind of back to front on each side. It's really affordable, a beautiful set as a gift of two. It's such a nice present to give someone. Yeah, definitely check it out. It's Frida, that's Frida with an H, dot shop. And, okay, my last one is a silly recommendation, but I saw the sequel to Top Gun last week, (laughs) Top Gun Maverick. I saw it with my dad and it was very good. Like I was very ready to be like scoffing at this film, but it was really good. I was on the edge of my seat, surprisingly. <laughs> and I looked up the reviews and people agree. I was like, oh yeah, I'm not, I'm not alone thinking that this is actually good. <laughs> my Top Gun is my dad's favorite movie. Like if he hears you haven't seen it, he will like book a session <laughs> in to watch it with you. And he just gets such joy out of it. Like we've probably seen it 30 times in a lifetime we're all keen to see the sequel with him and yeah it's like silly big 80s vibes jennifer connelly is stunning and very much the smoldering long lost lover there's lots of homoerotic <laughs> shirts off running through the surf kind of stuff going on i just think the whole thing is extremely homoerotic but the flying is very cool like the planes are awesome it opens on this really modern plane and he's like test flying and it's just so good and I was really just invested in the story like it's pretty it's pretty cheesy like it's extremely cheesy and there are some moments that are a bit ridiculous but that's what I wanted from this movie so I just didn't resist it I just lent in and I was extremely happy at the end I was on the edge of my seat the whole time so yeah why not Top Gun Maverick (laughs) give it a go everyone I I really enjoyed it. I love a silly movie. I think I saw Wonder Woman in cinema and was like, this is exactly the level of dumb I need. And this sounds perfect. Just a big, silly film. Yeah, like Tom Cruise silly. That's what we all need in this stage. I mean, he's crazy, but he's got charisma. He's got to charisma. <laughs> <laughs> right, your first five. Hit me, hit me. Okay, so Spicy Joint in Chinatown is my current fave restaurant for big group dinners. Um, I went there for a farewell for some friends. There was like 25 of us. It was totally chaos. We like had so many chairs crammed around a table, two tables, but they made it work. They just didn't even bat an eyelid. It's part of a Chinese chain of Sichuan restaurants. I know you love Sichuan food. Mm-hmm. There's one in Haymarket, one in Chatswood, and I think they're opening one in Burwood later this year or maybe reopening it. But um, yeah, there's three three different ones that you can go to. I've just been to the one in Haymarket. It's just got like the best dishes like I love the cold sesame chicken the waitress recommended these fried mushrooms last time we went which were really good the cold noodles on the side I mean it's also good there's some really delicious seafood but the key is it's really way better if you go with a group because the servings are seriously seriously enormous 
seriously enormous. One of the dishes they put down what looked like a whole soup tureen for, <laughs> for like one serve. We're like, okay, this is not normal. I went with my sisters once and there's three of us. And then I went to this group where there was like 25 of us and somehow both meals, both had too much food. Both came to less than $40 a head. Like it doesn't seem possible to spend more somehow. <laughs> Just like get stuck there. <laughs> like when we got the bill at this restaurant, we were like, I don't know how this can be true, but we're not going to question it. We're just going to go with it. Okay, $40 it is. So that is Spicy Joint. You can go to Chatswood or Haymarket or Burwood in, later in this year. Definitely recommend. It is delicious. Lip tingling good. So the second recommendation is for people who are like me, who are addicted to subscribing to newsletters to the point that your email starts to become unusable. <laughs> is it just me? No. So this is the new Substack app, which I believe is available on iPhone and iPad at the moment and Android is on its way. Yay. It's like it's just a really great like aggregator for all your newsletters in the one place. Oh. It's kind of like the old blog rolls, like the RSS feeds for um, Google Reader back in the day when blogs were the place to go. But it's just it's so much nicer to scroll through these newsletters than Twitter. So if I'm just like looking for something to kill some time, I'm like there's always a newsletter I haven't read <laughs> an issue of. And the other thing that's kind of fun is you can, if you follow or you've subscribed to a newsletter, you can look at the author and see what newsletters they subscribe to. Oh, love so it's kind of like remember in the day when you go to someone's blog and they'd like have a link list of blogs that they really yes. loved to read and you'd like find all your good blogs that way it's sort of like that it's awesome that's so good I really like it and you can actually there's an option when you set it up to say stop sending emails to my inbox and I didn't do that to start with but now I have and it's really changed my life I've got a lot more room in my inbox sign up to the waitlist if you're an Android user but if you've got an iPhone download away and add our newsletter to your list obviously that's why we're come on guys come on Pick up the pace if you're not there yet. All right, number three is for a book called My Name is Lucy Button by Elizabeth Strout. Have you read any Elizabeth Strout, Soph? No, no, no. So I'm like super late to this party. Um, it's one of those books that I always see people talking about and I think I may have read one of her books, Olive Kitteridge, like years and years ago in maybe my early 20s or my 20s and I think I was way too young to fully appreciate it because I really feel like this author I've read like a couple of her books now like quite quickly and I think she's an author that's best appreciated when you've done some living you know <laughs> when you've seen some things you've met some people like life's happened when you're young I don't think you'd appreciate what she's doing as much so this book my name is Lucy Barton is the first in a series of I think three books so far that are loosely following this woman named Lucy the first one is all about her she's in hospital recovering from this kind of unnamed procedure it's like taking her longer to get better than they expected and her estranged mother who she hasn't spoken to in years comes sort of unexpectedly to spend time with her because her husband has to be at home with their two young kids it's just like they're very small books like this is like a really like slim almost like a novella rather than a novel length but the voice of this character is so distinct and specific and the writing's really clean like she's a very very masterful writer like the way she manages to weave between the present and the past like sometimes when authors do it you know how it can feel a bit clunky or it just feels like mm -hmm. just doesn't work that well um this is just like so 
well done. Um, I read it really, really quickly, just kind of like gobbled it up and then put the other two books um, in the series on hold at the library immediately so I could go and, and read them next. So if you've also been like late to the party, I think I was also I was doing the thing, I was judging the covers. The covers kind of look a little bit like musty old lady fiction. Mm-hmm. You know, like she could do with a Rachel Cusk rebrand, but, you know, it's not her fault. They're, they're really good. It's Elizabeth Strout. I really recommend My Name is Lucy Barton as a place to start if you haven't read any of her books, um, but she's written many of them. So, you know, you can pretty much pick up whichever one you like. She's great. Great. My next one is this random movie I stumbled across on Netflix one night. It's called Singles. It is a very silly 90s rom-com directed by Cameron Crowe, who also directed Almost Famous, which you've probably seen. Mm-hmm. It's set in Seattle in the sort of grunge scene and it's sort of loosely centred around um, this group of 20-somethings who live in an apartment block and it's all one-bedroom apartments and they're single apartments, hence the name Singles. It kind of more closely follows these two characters who live in there and their love lives and it just like follows them like going to live shows and trying to date and like going to work and having lunch and like even just it's just such a little time capsule like in the um, in all of the scenes in the offices like no one is like one computer. Everyone has just paper everywhere. Where they're all like getting called to the phone and having to run and pick the phone up. There's a whole plot point that centers around an answering machine eating the tape mm. of the like and eating a message that's really important, which is like would never ever happen anymore. It's just great. It's such a time capsule. It's amazing. It's on Netflix. Um, it's called Singles. So if you're looking for something, a rom com you haven't seen before, dive into that one it's just you know when those older movies just kind of like a rambling like nothing kind of really happens there's no like big scary it's just like it's just people living their lives <laughs> some things happen it's just people. it's great it's just people it's just real gen x you know there's no striving <laughs> that sounds really good that sounds really good i always need rom-coms i need so many rom-coms i'm always looking for them so i'm gonna like I love I love to find the obscure ones, and this one was a, an unexpected gem in the Netflix rubble. Now, my final cleaning out the fridge recommendation, because oh <laughs> that's been the theme of this podcast for me. But I made a Gibson the other night because I found a jar of pickled onions I oh, bought for making gilders. So delicious! <laughs> I love Gibsons same they're so good so a gibson is basically just a martini with onions instead of olives or lemon as the garnish i just made it kind of to my standard five parts gin to one part vermouth ratio i threw a tiny bit of the brine in the mix to make it a dirty i don't really love a really dirty um, martini but i quite like the brine from a um a pickled onion is quite sweet, so I was like, eh, just threw it in there. Mm. Um, and then I threw three small pickled onions onto my martini pick because I too like my drink to be a snack. And it was delicious. And it's really a drink that's a joy when you live alone because there's no one there to smell your breath. There's no one there to like experience the drink with you. You just get to like drink a little pickly drink by yourself it was great yeah the gibson is gonna be the next big thing i reckon 
Like I think so. The classic martinis having its time, but everyone knows that as soon Step as on everyone up. starts drinking something, we're onto something else at people and we're on to the Gibson. <laughs> it's time for the Gibson, guys. The Gibson gals. The Gibson gals. That's us. I love it. Great first five. Thanks, Sophie. Anytime. Anytime. And that's it, guys. That's it. Thank you for joining us. Sign up to our newsletter, highlyenthused.substack.com for every link to everything mentioned in this episode and an extra bonus newsletter every month for just $5. Follow us on Instagram at highlyenthused and email us if you like, highlyenthused at gmail.com and... Yeah, we'll be back in a fortnight if I survive this plane journey. If you <laughs> survive the plane journey. If I don't. If I don't survive, <laughs> the plane goes down or something. Hopefully not. I'll give you a beautiful obituary on the air. I'll eulogize you if you don't make it through the plane trip. <laughs> oh, thank God someone's going to be on that. <laughs> See you soon. Bye.